You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Frank Figluzzi, former FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence. Join me on a journey to explore our nation's security, the forces that threaten it, and the people who preserve it. Let's talk with insiders in and around the intelligence community, law enforcement, and the military, including, of course, the FBI. They'll take us deep into their stories, their mission and their lives as we go behind and beyond the Bureau. This is Frank Figluzzi, and you're listening to a special edition of the Bureau Podcast. We decided to forego our regular episode scheduled for this week so that you and I can talk about the latest details in the Beth Israel Synagogue hostage-taking situation in Colleysville, Texas, the successful resolution of that hostage-taking by the FBI and law enforcement, and where we go from here in that investigation. So let's dig right in to some of the issues that are on the front burner of this discussion and some on the back burner. First, what do we know about the hostage-taker? Well, the short answer is not as much as we should at this point in time. We know He was Malik Faisal Akram. We know he's from the United Kingdom. He lives in England. Um, And we we know that he came here sometime just prior to New Year's Day and decided a couple of weeks later to take over Beth Israel Synagogue and demand the release of a female prisoner who's doing time in a federal prison nearby in Fort Worth, Texas. We've heard that at least two individuals are in custody in the UK. We've heard they may be teenagers, and there is some indication they may be family members of Akram. Now, the Brits have a different concept of arrest versus detention for questioning, but they're using the word arrest. It might be something more like detained in our vernacular, but nonetheless, it's clear that both US authorities and British authorities are doing everything they can to reconstruct Akram's life, determine that if he was radicalized, how that may have happened. Um, They'll be asking questions of people he attended mosque with, 
uh, asking questions of friends and family members. There's been some statements by family members that he has a mental health issue. I think that's probably a, a given, but it's also um, frequently combined with the radicalization process and doing things that are highly illogical and that even result in your own demise, as was the case with Akram. Now, let's talk about the prisoner that he was reportedly demanding the release of. She is Afia Siddiqui. She's a Pakistani that is known in some circles as Lady Al-Qaeda. This is a serious, radicalized terrorist uh, that the FBI has called in the past an Al-Qaeda operator and facilitator. She is bright. She is Brandeis and MIT educated. She's a neuroscientist. That comes into play in terms of her scientific background, because why was the U.S. government interested in her? Well, while she was uh, located in Afghanistan, she was found to be in possession of plans not only to construct a dirty bomb, a radiological bomb, but also plans reportedly for a mass casualty attack against the West. When she was grabbed for questioning by U.S. forces and the FBI in Afghanistan, she managed to grab a hold of a soldier's M4 rifle and open fire uh, on that interrogation team. So she was arrested uh, on those charges and convicted in the Southern District of New York, sentenced to 86 years in federal prison. As we said, she's doing that time in Fort Worth, Texas, kind of down the road from Colleysville. So if you're trying to figure out why Colleysville, it looks like uh, this guy Akram was headed that way because of its ge- uh, geographic uh, proximity to her in Fort Worth. Now, why now? Why her as the driving force behind this hostage taking? You should know, and this is important in terms of the investigation and the determination of whether or not this attack, this hostage taking might have been coordinated with a terrorist organization. Here, here's why. Both Al-Qaeda and ISIS very much want this female prisoner back. They want Siddiqui back so badly that they have offered um, throughout recent history to trade her for hostages or prisoners, including a soldier by the name of Bo Bergdahl. You might remember he went AWOL over there a while back, was missing, was in in the custody of, of the terrorist organization, um, they offered to trade him for her. They want her. She's valuable. She's become a cause celeb. And now fast forward, just last July, she was injured in prison when another inmate attacked her. And this, again, raised the whole issue of uh, human rights groups, religious groups coming to her defense, demanding that the Pakistani government, uh, where he she hails from, uh, demand her release. So so she's become this kind of mythical figure that's been framed and is being abused, allegedly, in U.S. prison. And so this is the kind of thing investigators will be looking for to see if if this guy, Akram, was self-radicalized, uh, got news of her, believed in her cause, or whether he was put up to it or encouraged by a known terrorist organization. Time will tell, but that's what uh, investigators are keenly focused on right now. I want to talk a little bit about some brighter news in this picture, and that's 
the FBI's hostage rescue team, and the incredible negotiating resources and capabilities of FBI hostage negotiators. You might say, um, boy, I've heard the media kind of interchangeably refer to this as a SWAT team that went in uh, as an unnamed hostage rescue team called an HRT. Don't know where they came from. Don't know who they are. What's the mystery here? Let me try to kind of take the lid off of some of that mystery if I can. The FBI's hostage rescue team is based in Quantico, Virginia at the FBI Academy. They are a full, a full-time tactical team at the highest level of sophistication and tactical abilities. They are and have been compared to the equivalent of, say, the U.S. Army's Delta Force. So, yes, every FBI field office has their own SWAT team, and yes, they're very active, and they are very, very good and deployed frequently. And I'm sure that FBI Dallas was one of the first teams to respond to to, uh, Colleyville for this uh, hostage taking. But at the moment they realized what they had on their hands, which was a a real deal hostage taking with someone who might have terrorist capabilities uh, or or motivations, someone who's demanding the release of an an Al-Qaeda terrorist. Um, At that point, you better believe the phone call was made to Quantico and a request was made for the hostage rescue team. Now you say, well, how on earth would they get there with all their equipment 60 to 70 team members um, fast enough to get this resolved. They go wheels up, wheels up in between two and four hours um, of the time you call them. In fact, they can get some initial response much, much faster. They have a military transport plane, you know, the huge ones that, uh, you know, C-130 type aircraft where you can load armored personnel carriers, uh, all, all of that equipment. That's all palletized, waiting for them to go. Um, they, they just give the go signal. They get in their vehicles, they drive to the airport and they're up on a military transport plane. Who are these guys and gals? Um, they are the best of the best. They train alongside the special forces operators at the Navy SEALs, uh, the Rangers, the Delta forces. Um, they, they train with them all the time. They are FBI agents. Uh, make no mistake about it. They go through the academy. They spend time in, uh, in field offices investigating cases. And then, typically, the path to HRT, they get on that field office SWAT team. They get some experience under their belt. Um, and they are, with permission, allowed to try out for the hostage rescue team. Again, uh, extremely elite team that's done that's uh, been deployed to combat theaters in Iraq and Afghanistan to help secure um, evidence scenes uh, as FBI agents get deployed over there to do evidence gathering at safe houses at uh, explosion sites. Uh, not a lot's been been talked about about the FBI presence in those combat theaters, but rest assured, HRT operators have been there. Their capabilities some are classified, but I can tell you. We're talking about the ability to do almost anything in almost any environment. So I'm talking about uh, assaulting a ship uh, underway at sea, taking back an aircraft, taking back a United, uh, an embassy perhaps um, inside the United States that's been uh, taken over and hostages being held, um, high altitude mountain operations, snow and desert operations, operating in, uh, in a hazardous material kind of a, a biochem environment tactically while wearing full hazmat suits. Um, they've, got, they've got operators there who can drive uh, semi-tractor trailers if they need to take one over. 
um, captain the, the uh, ship at sea, uh, fly an airplane. Uh, it's, it's, again, the equivalent of a military special ops team. What you might be saying, why, why do we have these people? Well, I say, thank God we do. Here's the history of this. It dates back to the 1984 Olympic Games in Los Angeles, California. And everybody, uh, when Los Angeles was awarded the Games, began to recall the tragedy of the 1972 Olympics in Munich, Germany, where 11 Israeli athletes and team members were taken hostage and later murdered by terrorists. And the thought, of course, arose, if we have something similar happen in 84 in Los Angeles, who has the capability of handling that? And of course, um, you know, various uh, possibilities arose. The Los Angeles uh, Police Department, who has one of the finest SWAT teams in the country, stood up and said, hey, you know, we'll, we'll have this. We've got this. And of course, you know, the White House was saying, geez, um, I, I, you're good, you're good, but I don't know if you're anti-terrorist good on a global level. The U.S. military, of course, piped in and said, well, you know, we've got special forces. We, we do this overseas. And of course, the obvious concern there was, do we want U.S. military boots on the ground in a domestic law enforcement environment? The White House said, no, we don't. And so in the years just prior to the 84 L.A. games, it was decided the FBI would be the last line of defense uh, from a law enforcement perspective against uh, terrorists and related um, threats. And the, the team was trained and, uh, and put, into, um, put into implementation. Their motto, I'll give you a little inside information here, if you're, if you're looking at an event like you watched in Colleysville and you're trying to figure out, is HRT on the scene versus, say, the local FBI field office SWAT team? If you get a look at their patch on their arm, this may be the only difference because they're still they're all going to be in their camo gear, um, their helmets. You're going to see FBI on their backs and fronts. But if you look at the patch on their arm, you're going to see a Latin phrase, "servare vitas," which is Latin for to save lives. That's HRT's motto. If you see that patch, HRT is on the ground. And how about the negotiators, you know, <laughs> hostage negotiation is, is half science, half art form. The training and capability there is astounding. The ability to talk someone down, to listen, to de-escalate and to save lives of hostages. And the FBI does it perhaps better than anyone else. And, you know, the, one of the, the differences I see today versus say, when I, first came into the FBI uh, back in 87, is the, the marriage now, the seamless interaction between hostage negotiators and a tactical team. So you should know that whenever an FBI SWAT team, and certainly it's the case with the, uh, with the FBI's hostage rescue team, whenever they deploy, they deploy together. If the, if the tactical team is being deployed, the negotiators are coming. Because why? Because the tactical solution is plan B, plan A is always a peaceful, peaceful, nonviolent resolution. And they go hand in hand. We're hearing really heroic stories already coming out of Colleysville about the negotiators on the ground, the ability to defuse. Um, and they often, 
you know, they work together. That tactical team leader is listening. He's often in that command post room. He's listen, he or she's listening to the negotiations. They know when things are going south. The negotiator may give a signal that I've, I've lost it. It's getting unstable. Um, and, and look, I'm not going to go into details about the kind of capabilities that, that HRT and FBI SWAT teams have to know where people are in a building. Um, but they, they have technical capabilities on several levels to know that it's time to go in. We're going in this way. Um, and we're, we're going to be able to do this safely. Pretty cool stuff. Um, glad we have them. The latest news breaking as, uh, I record this is that, uh, the New York times has done a a great interview with the rabbi that was held hostage and at least one of the other four hostages who describes a situation where they're praising not only the work of, of the law enforcement team, but the, the training that they had personally. Uh, and isn't it sad that Houses of worship, clergy, particularly um, in, in the Jewish faith, have to have training um, to deal with these situations. But they did, and they're praising that training that they had that helped them continue to talk to the hostage taker, helped them to position themselves in the room nearest an exit, helped them to whisper uh, communications to each other. Uh, the rabbi took a lead there, uh, reportedly through a chair, uh, at one point when he realized things were getting very, very uh, tense, uh, shouted through a chair, shouted at the other hostages to go for the exit. They had, they had been pre-positioned. At that moment, um, HRT came in and confronted the, uh, the hostage taker and took his life. Uh, he was armed. Um, there was talk back and forth. We'll find out what the truth is about the possibility of explosives, bomb, that whether or not he had a bomb, whether he was claiming to have a bomb. We do know from the rabbi's story that during the worship service, the Shabbat service, the hostage taker at one point uh, took out a concealed gun. That sounds like a handgun to me. We're going to get to the gun part of this in a second, by the way. Um, so a, a fascinating story, a combination of incredible training received um, and implemented by the rabbi and uh, at least one other of the hostages that had attended specialized training. Um, and of course, the work of law enforcement to successfully resolve this. Let's go to the gun issue. So Akram comes over here just prior to New Year's Day, reportedly purchases his gun in Texas. Now, uh, President Biden, in kind of a uh, kind of a qu- quick uh, comment to a reporter or reporters on this thing as it was breaking, said he bought the gun on the street, quote unquote. He bought the gun on the street. Let me tell you something from my years of experience in law enforcement. You can do that in virtually any major city in America. Uh, it's sad, but it's true. The illegal purchase of weapons um, can be done, and, and by the way, is done frequently by undercover officers and agents who are trying to battle the gun problem. You can make a buy of a gun very quickly, very cheaply on the street. If, if that statement's accurate from the president that it was bought on the street, um, I'm here to tell you that's not just a Texas problem. It's an American problem. Now, if on the street meant at a gun shop, uh, at a gun show, um, 
we've got a Texas problem in addition to an American problem. And that's because you may know that back on just back on September 1st of last year, Texas passed a new law, or I, what I like to say is decided to have no law about needing training, a permit or a license to carry a handgun in Texas. In fact, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is very proud of this, uh, what I call no law, um, which he calls a constitutional carry legislation. Here's a quote from Governor Abbott when this thing passed. You could say that I signed into law today some laws that protect gun rights, Abbott said, but today I signed documents that instilled freedom in the Lone Star State. Now, I I also think it's important to point out here that this law uh, was passed in Texas despite the fact that Texas major Texas law enforcement associations, including the Texas Municipal Police Association, came out against the passage of the legislation. Law enforcement was very concerned about the obvious threat of everybody walking around unlicensed, no permit, no training uh, with a gun, and the the seeming inability to determine who is in legal possession or not, who should have a, a gun or not. I don't know how you get a background check done on your gun purchases in Texas, which, by the way, is a federal requirement. I don't know how you get that done if you don't need to apply for a permit or a license. Um, I don't know who's looking at that, but, you know, that that's the environment in Texas. I am sure that the FBI, the ATF, is all over this with regard to Akram, where he got the gun from. And let me assure you, um, the wrath of the United States government is going to come down on the head of whoever sold this gun to Akram if it was done illegally. But the, this is now Frank Figluzzi speaking. If if a, a foreign national can come here um, and within two weeks purchase a gun either uh, from a valid gun shop or a gun show as opposed to a street corner buy, if that if that's what's determined happened, um, something needs to go down in Texas with regard to changing the existing law. So stay tuned to that issue. I want to address one final issue that's developed some controversy um, in the reporting on this. I was watching, as you may have been watching, Saturday night um, as the special agent in charge of FBI Dallas, uh, who had spent just a hellacious day running an extremely tense life and death operation that had just been resolved successfully. He, at the press conference, he makes a statement um, that's, that's really gotten a lot of criticism, and rightly so. He says, among other things, the hostage takers' demands were specifically focused on issues not connected to the Jewish community, unquote. Okay. Understandably, people have said, uh, hold on a minute. What do you mean not connected to the Jewish community? And as many, as many people have said, um, this was not a hostage taking at Walmart. It wasn't a hostage taking at a Baptist church. It wasn't a hostage taking at a McDonald's. It was a hostage taking at a Jewish synagogue. So clearly there's a connection. Clearly this hostage taker made a deliberate decision to choose this venue to make his demands. So, of course, of course, 
it's targeting and involving and connected to the Jewish community. Late Sunday night, FBI headquarters made a clarifying statement. And by the way, they don't do this very often, right? But they made a clarifying statement, uh, and it says something like this. Um, Let me quote it exactly. The siege was, quote, terrorism-related, and the Jewish community was targeted. The Jewish community was targeted. So, look, um, it, it is a clarifying, it's a correcting statement. I've been there, done that with regard to uh, live national press conferences when I was the head of an FBI field office. Major event, stressful day, um, and you make something you wish, you, you make a statement you wish you could take back. But it's it's not only unfortunate, it's... Um, it's tone deaf, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, this guy had a reason why he targeted a synagogue. And by the way, if this was the first time in history that a synagogue had been targeted in such a violent, uh, a violent things happening, then we could say, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it was, yeah, just, it was random. Well, this isn't random. The, the, the Jewish community has found itself targets uh, throughout history. And in particular, the Jewish community in the United States, of course, and worldwide. So, um, FBI's, you know, got made a, a course correction here, um, and I think it's actually a, a valid investigative uh, avenue. Why, why uh, a Jewish synagogue versus some other place? Um, what was this about this guy? What is it about the the prisoner in custody in Fort Worth? Um, what was the planning? How did he select this particular place? All, all part of it, but. I was really glad to see FBI headquarters issue a clarifying statement. My guess is that the SAC, the special agent in charge in Dallas, is now hitting himself in the head um, over that that unfortunate comment. But um, point taken and a clarifying statement, welcome. I want to close with one final thought. As this was going down Saturday night on our television sets, FBI law enforcement dealing with a horrific situation. A rabbi and his uh, congregation members being held hostage by someone apparently connected to a terrorist cause. FBI hostage rescue team moves in, takes out this hostage taker successfully. What else is going on in the country? Former President Donald Trump is holding a rally in Arizona. And what is he doing at almost the exact same time the FBI is taking care of business in Colleysville? He's blaming the FBI for being behind the January 6th violence at the Capitol, for planning it, for instigating it, for making it happen. It's disinformation at its worst. And the contrast, the juxtaposition between the FBI doing its job Saturday night and a former president, a disgraced, impeached former president, besmirching the FBI with the lie that our nation's uh, premier federal law enforcement agency was behind the, the planning and instigation of the Capitol insurrection is disgraceful. That's your thought for the day. You've been listening to a special edition of The Bureau with Frank Figlusi.
The Bureau is written by Frank Fagluzzi and executive produced by Allison Gill with sound design and editing by Molly Hockey with podcast art design by Johanna Coxeter. Music for The Bureau is written and composed by Peter Rydberg. The Bureau is a proud member of MSW Media Network, a collection of independent creator-owned podcasts focused on news, politics, and justice. For more information, visit mswmedia.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.